This episode is sponsored by Canaccord Genuity Wealth Management, experienced wealth planners and investment managers who offer unwavering support in challenging times. Visit candowealth.com for more information. Hello and welcome to Coffeehouse Shots, the Spectator's daily politics podcast. I'm Natasha Froze and I'm joined by Katie Balls and Fraser Nelson. Today, Rishi Sunak wanted to wipe the slate clean and start on a new track, presenting a new healthcare plan and visiting a, an A&E department in the north. But the problem with Nadim Zahawi hasn't quite gone away yet. Fraser, is Zahawi getting his own back? Well, the front page of the Times today says that he intends to come up with his own response to the investigation released by Number 10 yesterday. And effectively, it's difficult to tell because he hasn't gone on the record, but um, the Times story suggests that he believes that he did act in, in keeping with the rules. Fundamentally, it comes down to whether he told Tom Scholar, then Permanent Secretary of the Treasury, about, his investi- about the fact that he's being investigated by HMRC and the fact that he'd paid a penalty. Now, if you were to, it's all comp- relatively complicated, but it can be summarised down to a simple point, and can't me correct, can correct me if I'm wrong here, but the gist of what we hear from number 10 was that Rishi Sunak, the Prime Minister, did not know about the penalty that he paid to HMRC. If you pay a penalty, that suggests you didn't that, that you did something wrong, and therefore you probably shouldn't be in Cabinet. But it wasn't so much the offence, it was the cover-up. So that the Prime Minister believes that he should have been informed uh, before appointing Zahawi to be party chairman that this investigation and the penalty had taken place and that he did not find out until it was too late. We were even told by the Cabinet Office investigation that we only found out in January. Now, so this is relatively easy to understand, but there are two facts, the investigation and the penalty, that were concealed by Zahawi from the relevant authority. Now, it seems to be he's saying this is fundamentally not true that he told uh, the Treasury at the time, that was August last year, that he updated his uh, Register of Ministers records by September. So it was on that register when he became Chancellor of the Duchy of Lancaster. But Lewis Truss appointed him to that position before he was made party chairman in October. Now, if what he says is true, then this raises a very interesting question. In what way did he break the ministerial rules? It could well be that Tom Scholar messed it up, that the authorities, once they were informed, the message didn't properly filter its way up to the Prime Minister. But then again, can you really blame Zahawi for that? If he didn't keep a secret, then he isn't guilty of what effectively he's been fired for. Now, in his letter yesterday, he was quite um, magnanimous. He was saying that he wants to be loyally supportive to the Sarishi Sunak. And I don't think any of that is, isn't true. I don't think he's going to be a secret Boris agitator now in the back benches. But he is a proud man, a man with a reputation to protect. And if he has just been fired for something which he didn't do on an exaggerated, one might say even sexed up, um, dossier of things which omitted crucial facts like the fact that he did declare it to the Treasury, then I think he would be entitled to find a way of setting that record straight. Katie, so why is Tom Scholar important? Well, at the time he was a Treasury Permanent Secretary. However, this was uh, during the Boris Johnson era when Nadine Zahori became Chancellor. But since that happened... Liz Truss became Prime Minister and she 
sacked Tom Scholar, um, which was a big row at the time. It's seen as one of the reasons, for example, that um, the not-so-mini-budget was allowed to happen, that the markets got so spooked was because we had this long-standing senior civil servant who was no longer in place. And lots of the trust sites at the time said, you know, he is the personification of the Treasury orthodoxy. But So he's a very experienced civil servant, but this means he is no longer in place. Now, there is reason to think Rishi Sunak might be able to ask Tom Scholar what's going on, given uh, I think the two keep in quite close contact so I think there were some drinks before Rishi Sunak became Prime Minister but Tom Scholar was um, one of the attendees because um, they have a long-standing relationship in those days but it does mean it's, in, it's not clear because this person is no longer in the civil service if in this inquiry they have been uh, consulted or given evidence um, as part of it um, so that, that does beg the question of well have they been and if not uh, will they have something to say on this? The other important point to come out of this is that the investigation was due to go on for another week. Nadim Zahawi thought he'd have plenty of time sometime this week to make his case for the defence. But then he was called on Saturday night and said, actually, no, we're going to publish this um, first thing Sunday morning. Rather unusual for a um, report to be published in, in the middle of a weekend. So I think the, the, now, I mean, there are some Tory ministers who feel quite strongly that if you are in the media's spotlight of everybody's calling for your resignation, you should at the very least be given a proper chance to defend yourself, to have a fair hearing. And uh, if it turns out that all Nadim Zahawi got was a 30-minute conversation and his chance to later elaborate and even hear the charges against him was denied to push it out on the Sunday, this again suggests that what was supposed to be a proper investigation of due process the remit was changed halfway through to be something which was instructed to report pretty quickly. So Sunak could essentially change tack and fire as a Howie in a way that so many people wanted him to do. And the question he's asking now is, why didn't you fire him sooner? Of course, there's another question as to why did you need an investigation? Couldn't you simply have called the guy yourself and spoke to him? Why this? Why all these intermediaries if the story is as simple as um, Zahawi's allies would suggest. Katie, has Rishi Sunak got any more scandals to firefight coming up in the future, or, or is this it now? Well, I think the problem he's got, and you could see this, um, so in the Q&A today where he's trying to talk about this new NHS plan, the plan from the government to you know uh, put in place more hospital beds, one of the ways of easing the crisis, and that is something, even though the NHS, is, I think, is currently probably a net negative for the government. There's still something they want to be talking about because they know it's going to be decisive at the next election and they need to show improvement. But there's plenty of reason to think Rishi Sunak is going to be dealing and having to talk about Tory scandal for some time to come. So the, so for the reasons Fraser just set out, the Nadeem Zahawi row has not completely got finished yet. There's, there's still a chance that's going to run a bit longer. Um, you also then, and I think until a new Tory chair is appointed... It's, it doesn't, you know, there's there's a very noticeable absence, despite the fact there's an interim arrangement. Um, notably, there's lots of runners and riders, and I would probably, obviously, recommend Steerpike's list on Coffee House the most. But there was some talk today about William Haig coming back. He's since tweeted saying he does not go, plan to return to government in this role or any other. So that's this one. Then I think you've got Dominic Raab, the Deputy Prime Minister and Justice Secretary who is being investigated for bullying. Now, this is a much more longer-running investigation, but you would expect, I think, probably in the next few weeks or months that could come back. And Kitty, if it does come back, um, I mean, for the Prime Minister to lose his party chairman and his deputy, that would be quite something if Dominic Rabb does get fired as Deputy Prime Minister as a result of this investigation. Well, it would, it would be something, but then also if he 
where to stick with both than lots of people say. I think he's ultimately a no-win situation here, mm. really. But I think Dominic Raab would actually be more painful for Rishi Sunak to lose because... Nadeem Zahar was definitely rated in his party chairman job, but he wasn't a long-time supporter of Rishi Sunak. Dominic Raab was out front and centre during that leadership campaign phrase, and we interviewed him, mm. do you remember? And mm. um, he made some of the... I think he he really was um, told that he'd be going to political Siberia by the trust government because he made all these comments during the contest, such as you know, saying it was um, writing an electoral suicide note to proceed with the trust economic agenda. At the time, people said, that's absurd. Obviously, you, perhaps uh, those people might have a different view now so and he has been appointed by Rishi Sunak into a really senior position so therefore if he this report comes back and Rishi Sunak has to take action for Dominic Grubb to leave the government it would raise questions to well did this person have a reputation for that behaviour in advance? It again comes back to judgment. And then, of course, there's just the Boris Johnson hangover, which I think shows little sign. So over the weekends, we had more stories about Richard Sharp, his alleged involvement in loan. But then we have the Privileges Committee, which is starting to take evidence at the moment. Now, that's just um, evidence in preparation for the full sit-down affair which will be televised and that could see figures such as Simon Case asked to give evidence in person the, the cabinet secretary as to what they knew and where and I think it's got the potential to just drudge up drudge up a lot of um, memories from last year on Partygate particularly because they're Boris Johnson allies who are annoyed it's happening in the first place and saying well this should be stopped because it's a kangaroo court and then we have the resignation honours list that we've spoken about before in this podcast which uh, is not just the peerages or some of which has leaked in terms of the names that they're trying to get peerages free for but also just the sheer size of it thought to be over 100 names is, is my understanding which means that if you think about depending on the figures on that will some be to do a party gate will some be just close friends of Boris Johnson even family um, that could raise questions as to whether they should be having honours and you can start to see a world where it's just very hard despite Rishi Sunak saying oh I want to lead a government of integrity um, to just turn the page on just part <laughs> part hangover partly just a fatigue party and partly just people behaving well below the standards you'd expect that it weighs Rishi Sunak down and makes it much harder for him to focus on the five priorities that he wants to keep uh, you know with complete discipline going on about because we had the cabinet away day last week um, it's something Fraser's also written about and there the message from Isaac Levito the election strategist was there is a very narrow path um, to uh, victory might be too strong a word but scraping through to a fifth term but it rests on massive discipline and keeping religiously to this so all all of the distraction of the scandal makes that much harder to do of course you can end up being defined by your scandal anyway and if it's the case that a passion is set in scandal uproar resignation First of all, Zahawi. Secondly, Dominic Rabb. Perhaps even Richard Sharp might go as BBC chairman. Then I can imagine that um, people will keep coming back. Journalists, we investigate, that's what we do. We do We do our job. And I imagine that this could be a pattern that Rishi Sunak will struggle to, to shake. Of course, he might now regret coming to say that he wants to lead a, a government with integrity. Because nobody, nobody doubts that he meant it. But when you do that, all of a sudden, you set a bar to which other things are are, are judged against. So, you know, <clears throat> did the government act with integrity when they put this guy who'd helped arrange the loan for the Prime Minister and his BBC chairman, etc.? Now, of course, the problem for Rishi Sunak is that he it has not been a change of government, but it's still the Conservatives. He might want to think, new guy, new broom, new rules. 
but it's simply impossible to shake the kind of hangover of the previous two prime ministers. And it's that hangover which, at the moment, looks like it's defining Rishi Sunak in his first few, in his first hundred days on. He's a prime minister who is still fighting the um, demons of Tory past. Thank you, Katie. Thank you, Fraser. And thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.